Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 199, Your Urban Legends, number 39. We're getting close to another round number of urban legends, Amanda. I I just, I love urban legends so much. I love them. They really fly by. And the uh, scary thing is that's the number of months that we've been doing this. That's wild. What? (laughs) Time's fake. I know. I know. It's. It's so fun, and I love that we get to do a whole extra episode of Urban Legends every dang month for our Patreon supporters. Speaking of which, welcome to those who just joined our Patreon, Lorraine, Jessica, Elise, Allison, Sarah, Molly, and Cindy. We so appreciate you taking some of your hard-earned dollars and putting them to use to help us keep doing this. It's really nice. We get to we get to do this thing because you you send us a little bit of money every month. And we really appreciate it. We also appreciate our supporting producer-level patrons, Philip, Alicia, Allison, Deborah, Hannah, Jen, Jessica, Keegan, Landon, Megan, Megan Linger, Megan Moon, Molly, Neil, Nikki, Phil Fresh, Polly, Riley, Sarah, and Skyla, and our legend-level patrons, Audra, Chelsea, Clara, Drew, Eden, Francis, Jack Marie, Josie, Lada, Mark, Morgan, Necrofancy, Sarah, and BM Yep Scotty. You all are wonderful, wonderful human beings that one day people will tell legends of you. Oh, so good. And Julia, tell me what else is great that you have been reading or watching or listening to this week? Well, I'm back on my podcast grind. I've been working on podcasts so much lately that I haven't really gotten the chance to listen to podcasts, which is terrible. The reason why I got into podcasting is I love podcasts. But I discovered a very fun, very up the conspirators alley podcast. It is called Less is Morgue as in the the place where dead bodies in the hospital go. It is extremely, extremely funny. It's an audio fiction podcast done by a ghost and a ghoul. And the ghost happens to be the ghost of a woman who was uh, crushed to death at a Nickelback concert. And if that doesn't like kind of give you the idea of what the podcast is like, I don't know what is. Incredible. It's very, very good. It takes place in kind of like an alternate reality Tallahassee. And one of the characters that shows up at one point is Florida Man. Oh, what a haunted place. So there's just a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to look forward to there. Incredible. So that is Less is Morgue. You could probably find it in any of your podcast catchers. Good luck. It's a lot of fun. We would also love to recommend if you're looking for something more to listen to, consider joining the multi-crew. That is the program that helps Multitude do what it does. It helps us do things like make pilots of new shows that turn into things like meddling adults, uh, to pay rent on our studio here in Brooklyn, which we can no longer rent out uh, at the moment, but we still use to make our podcasts. And just in general, have a little bit of support and like a, a sort of safety net when things like advertising and, you know, people's ability to support our Patreon fluctuates throughout the year. So it is such a lifeblood for Multitude. And in thanks for your support, we produce a weekly friendly debate show called Head, Heart, Gut, where this month I went hard for mayo as the best condiment. Uh, And tomorrow, as of uh, when this episode comes out, you'll be able to see the judgment episode, the final episode of the month, where we decide once and for all which condiment is the best. It's a bold choice to go mayo, Amanda. I think I would have been team ketchup, so. I will defend it to the death, and you got to join the multi-crew to listen to Head, Heart, Gut and find out why. That's at multicrew.club, where you can join for as little as five bucks a month to get another weekly podcast from Multitude. It's, it's, a, it's a new podcast. You'd love podcasts. We do. We love podcasts. So for all our multi-crew members, all our Spirits Patreon supporters, we are so thankful. And for those who help support the show by, I don't know, like texting your friends and asking them to subscribe to Spirits and to listen along with you. We so appreciate your help. Yesterday, my mom told me that when she was at the doctor's office, she told the woman who was dilating her eyes to uh, subscribe to Spirits. So be like my mom. Thanks, Diane. And without further ado, please enjoy Spirits Podcast, Episode 199, Your Urban Legends, number 39. Guys, it's coming. What's coming? What's coming? My home gym stuff. <laughs> Wonderful. Ooh. Incredible. This is not this is not the most thrilling announcement possibly, but here's the situation. Me and Kelsey in January started looking for a house. And one of the most exciting things about it to me was I'll be able to build a home gym so I can just wake up, go into the basement, work out. There's a shower down there. Don't have to Ooh. don't have to deal with anything. 
I don't have to have a gym membership, all this. And then these times began and everybody <laughs> built a home gym. Yeah, yes. that is true. And so then we bought a house after these times began and everything uh, is out of stock. Mm -hmm. So what I have coming is a squat rack and a barbell, Ooh. which together don't really constitute a home gym. So all of this will arrive and I still won't have anything close to a home gym. But I will be one or two purchases away from having a home gym. And it's the best thing possible for me. I have a home gym plus possible haunting personal oh, anecdote. Really? To tell. Okay. All right. I Go do. for it. So we um, live on the second floor of a two-story building. Uh, two units, like a little house. And we're on the top. There's a roof. And in these times, as a person with asthma, um, I, you know, took quarantine very seriously. And uh, going outside with your mask on with somebody with asthma, particularly when it's so humid, it's really hard. And you don't want to, you know, be like walking around forever or doing exercise outside. Uh, so we have been spending some time on my roof, even though that is not strictly allowed. Um, there is there is like a guardrail. It is very well set up. It is paved. It like we should be able to be up there. Also, the people who used to live here had like a barbecue up there. So we're not doing anything completely wrong. Mm. Um, but to get up to the roof you had sort of like go through a little stairwell it's like a cupboard under the stairs situation but there's stairs in there you go up and then the roof is there um and there's just a little latch that um secures this door in the hallway and again we're, we're the only people who live on the second floor so we will normally just open the door go up there leave it open to get some like light and air into the stairwell um go about our days so we recently got a rowing machine, which is very exciting. That's the mm -hmm. home gym oh, angle. Oh, that is exciting. To use on the roof during nice weather and then to bring inside during the winter because it'll be great to be outside and not have to have your mask on. Very exciting. Um, so we were out there the other day hanging out, trying to figure out like, okay, where should we put it, et cetera. And then when we went da back downstairs, the door was locked from the outside. Oh, no. Uh -oh. Were you stuck on the roof? I sure was. Eric. Oh, no. I sure was <laughs> stuck was on the roof. That was going to be one of my follow-ups. Uh, because there's no fire escape to our building because there, there's it's a second floor. Of it's a second floor. It doesn't need one. Um, and the building next door, the like if we spider-man style jumped over to the other roof i mean it's like six feet away like it's too far it's not like i could just step over um and uh eric silver was very excited to jump and i was like no 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 um, oh boy. there there was also uh you know so we were like okay fine uh we have neighbors who live nearby but they were away for the weekend so they couldn't come get us uh and so i stuck my head um like over the side and i yelled down to a lady with a dog like hey i'm sorry could you please buzz our neighbor on the on the ground floor i think he locked us in by mistake um because like who else could have done it? We yeah. don't have a super. No one was like visiting our building. A, a, a robber wouldn't come in and be like, oh, better lock this door for safety and then leave. Um, so I figured it was my neighbor who like for some reason came up to my landing and locked the door. Um, but the neighbor wasn't home. Oh, no. So oh, no, no, no. Somehow both the stairwell got fully locked. It wasn't just like it didn't close. Like it's not a it's not a, a doorknob. Like you have to move the latch over to like deadbolt it. And the front door too was locked. So we couldn't even have the nice lady with the dog come in, let us out. Mm. So I think a ghost locked us in the stairwell. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up just kind of bursting the door open with my butt. I kind of like hip checked it. There wasn't a lot of room down there. And so, I mean, I ended up damaging the door a very little bit. Mm. Uh, and and I, I can just put it back together with wood glue and, and it's not a huge deal. But I I am mystified what kind of situation happened here. My neighbor later, I went downstairs a little bit angry uh, the next day <laughs> to be like, hey, um, by chance, did you lock me on my roof? Uh, but the neighbor said he was away the whole week. Oh. So either our landlord visited for the first time in a year um, to lock our doors and then leave, or um, there was some kind of uh, haunting. And a rule abiding I don't know what the ghost. Wanted? Did they? Yeah, yeah. Were they very rule abiding? Did they want to uh, teach us a lesson about giving our neighbors spare keys and making sure we have a backup plan? I'm not sure. I think it's just a uh, just wanted to fuck with you. Yeah. That's what ghosts Maybe like so. to do. Maybe so. But the the we'll have the real revenge of uh, doing very pleasant exercise uh, out in the open air. The ghost yeah. is going to be pissed about that, clearly. Mm -hmm. Well, I broke the latch, so now it's being held <laughs> together with a chopstick. With a chopstick? There we go. All right. Hey. I mean, I bent the bolt with my butt, mm -hmm. so I, I'm using a chopstick instead to like hold the latch closed. It's extremely funny. Well, as long as no cat burglars come 
in through the roof. You, you, I guess you're you're fine. Roof door is locked from the inside, and there is a key um, both inside and outside the roof uh, in case there that happens. All right. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> anyway, that's Amanda's uh, ghost story, and it ends with a butt. Speaking of, of houses, we're going to ca- try to keep the chain going. I've got a really short story. We have a house ghost from Melanie. Ooh, tell us about the house ghost. Melanie says, I want to start off by saying I love the show. I've worked my way through the back catalog during the lockdown in March and April and have been hooked since. I cannot wait to see what topics you're going to discuss later down the line. Neither can we. Neither can we. Who's to say what it will be? I have a really short story about our house ghost. First, a little background. I am from a decent large size village in the south of the Netherlands, and our house was built at the edge of a cemetery at the dead end of a street. Mm-hmm. Over the past year, we have noticed that the hood above our stovetop randomly turns the lights on or off and it flickers. All of us have either seen or heard the light turning on and off. My mom even started telling the ghosts, hello, I know you're there whenever it happens. I love when people talk to their ghosts. It makes me so happy. Can't hurt. I did the day we got locked in, just to finish here, uh, ran downstairs, knocked on my neighbor's door. Uh, and when he didn't answer, I said, I know you're home. Because if he was home, that would have been very effective. And if he wasn't home, no one knew. You know what? It's a good Except theory. I get all it. of you. It, I mean, it's a gambit. It's definitely a big gambit. Yelling, Listen, I know you're home to someone's nothing apartment. Nothing to lose. I mean, no, I don't disagree. Our dog also reacts to an empty kitchen or garden, just barking to nothing. So we just ask him what he's seeing and say hello to the ghost. Other than that, he hasn't really done much, but I suspect they knocked over my little planted pot a few days ago. They are probably a friendly ghost and just wanted to let us know that they are there and we shall keep telling them hello. Adorable. I just think that's a nice story. I want to share it because that's a haunted house, unlike my house, mm-hmm. which isn't haunted. I don't know about that. Also, nothing bad happened, which is always a great thing in an urban exactly. legend. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of cemeteries, I have two stories. One that starts with a cemetery. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. We've got the combo. We've got a combo of four going right now. I love combos. (laughs) Let's see how long we can get the combo going. So this is from Madeline, and she writes, Hello, my spoopiest of pals. My name is Madeline. I've been a spirits listener for the last three years, and I've loved every single second of it. Over quarantine, I've been catching up on my spirits backlog after finishing my master's program, congratulations, and decided to write in with two spooky stories that also made me reminisce about hanging out with friends and exploring the outdoors pre pandemic. As my title suggests, I am and always have been the mom friend, so I suppose it shouldn't be surprising that it would transfer to the world of the supernatural as well. To clarify, the subject of the email was heightened spooky senses make mom friend a full-time job. Aw, I am also the mom friend. I love that. Amanda is the mom friend, can confirm. My first story is from elementary school and takes place at the birthday sleepover of my longtime friend, Zoe. Zoe was born on New Year's and would have a sleepover every year with around 10 to 20 girls from our class so that we could throw our own New Year's party. Guys, 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 can you imagine as an adult having 20 eight-year-olds in your home? That's too many. I can't imagine having 20 people in my home. No. I mean, obviously, (laughs) present circumstances uh, excluded. No, I know what you're saying. Maybe it's a a Midwest, uh, mid-best situation where if you have like a thousand square foot basement, then that's uh, a little bit less challenging. But Mm -hmm. I I literally cannot um, conceive of that. I can can see 10. 20 is too much. Yeah, too much. Yeah, I feel like the most like as a like teenage to to preteen party I ever was at was like maybe pushing pushing 15. Yeah. But that's yeah, like a whole 20, class. 20. Yeah. yeah that's a lot of people. Also, how big is that class if that's just the girls in the class? That's true. Ooh, yeah. true. Well, apparently this New Year's party was often complete with a disco ball and sparkling ciders for us wee babes. That sounds like a great party. Yeah. Wow. Who are your parents? Great. <laughs> After midnight, her parents would finally corral us all to bed and we would pile into Zoe's room and she would pick one girl to sleep in her bed with her instead of a sleeping bag on the floor. To be honest, I never really thought about the social effects that this could have until much later in life, but oh well. On there's this... a lot there's a lot of different things yeah. <laughs> like a lot of different like uh social parts of that that are like I am picking one of you yeah. to stay in the bed. 
Yeah. And on this particular birthday, I was the lucky girl chosen to share the bed. Now, an important aspect to this story is that Zoe's house abutted a cemetery, the biggest one in our hometown, actually, and her window overlooked her backyard, the line of trees that separated it from the cemetery and the sprawling expanse of gravestones beyond. Uh, Hey, hey, Eric, can we can we sidebar for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Julia said, but. Ooh. But she's talking about butts in a sleepover story. Amanda, Amanda only pointed this out because I kept in the part where Brandon made fun of her in the Joy of the Party after party <laughs> where she said a butts. Uh, okay, I was like, I don't know the context for Amanda telling me about butts. butts. Carry on. This is a butt heavy episode already. Wow. Oh, okay. man. Supernatural phenomenon were actually quite common in Zoe's neighborhood and our whole town, to be honest. And I'd had several spooky encounters at her house before this night, like the one time when the window in Zoe's room unlocked itself as we were telling ghost stories. Mm-mm. Spooky. Don't like that. How bad is that lock? That like window locks in particular, I feel like are usually horizontal. So for those to come undone just naturally is, is oh, I would say, near impossible. They always get stuck. I hate that. Anyway, uh, back to the main plot. Having exhausted ourselves from dancing and singing and crashing after way too much caffeine, we all fell asleep shortly after midnight with little fuss. Around two or so in the morning, though, I woke up to Zoe getting out of bed and heading into the hallway, but I assumed that she had gotten up to use the bathroom right across the hall. However, after several minutes had gone by with no noise from the bathroom or the hallway, I decided to get up to make sure she was okay. Heading into the hallway, I noticed that the bathroom door was open and the light was off with no sign of Zoe. Still believing that nothing was amiss at this point, I assumed that her sister had been in the upstairs bathroom and Zoe had gone downstairs to use the one by her parents' bedroom. I decided to head downstairs to check just in case, and as I got to the bottom of the staircase, I noticed that the sliding glass door leading to the patio and backyard was open and letting in the chilly wind of a Virginia winter. The chilly wind of a Virginia winter is a nice phrase. It is, it is. And it gives us an idea of where they're from. Very true. Mm. Some sprawling homes in Nova, for sure. Mm. At this point, I was beginning to feel a little uneasy. I'd slept over at Zoe's probably a hundred times by this point, and I had never once experienced her sleepwalking. (laughs) So many. Sorry, So many times. Zoe's parents have had a hundred sleepovers for for just one of their kids? Yes, and it was a 10-year-old. But also also just with one other kid, which means her other friends also probably had a bunch of sleepovers, too. Maybe they were just really close friends. We're talking about kids constantly sleeping. I'm going to say, I'm going to just say the number might be an exaggeration. It might be. A hundred times. Like just if you slept over a friend's house every weekend for two years, that would get you to a hundred. And that just seems, I'm just saying, I'm not not calling our our listener a liar. I'm just saying a hundred is a lot of sleepovers. I just want to know from Madeline a little bit more about Zoe's parents. I I really would. I would just love to know. Let's get Zoe on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have Zoe right here. So um, Madeline continues and says, uh, I had never once in the 100 times that she had spent over at Zoe's (laughs) house, uh, I had never once experienced her sleepwalking, and I didn't know of any 10-year-olds with insomnia that would come for us all in due time. True. (laughs) Stepping through the open doorway to the patio, the first thing I noticed was that it was cold, and I mean a bitter cold that ached in my bones and immediately made my teeth chatter, but unlike anything I had ever felt before. The second thing I noticed was that a full moon was hanging over the graveyard, huge and stark white against the starless sky, which was also weird considering we lived in a fairly rural valley in Western Virginia. The last thing I noticed was Zoe. She was standing on the last step before the grass, staring out towards the graveyard. That, I don't like this. Like, just just right there, looking out. I mean, someone standing there doing nothing is endlessly creepier than somebody walking around, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. She was standing on the last step before the grass, staring out towards the graveyard. And when I reached her side, I noticed that only the whites of her eyes were showing. I said her name Mm. softly and touched her arm and felt the same bone-chilling cold emanating off her skin. She didn't turn towards me, but her head did tilt slightly. 
I wasn't sure exactly what to do, but I just carefully helped her inside, keeping one eye on the yard behind us, and gently laid her down on the couch as I knew I wouldn't be able to get her back upstairs. I closed her eyelids and wrapped her up in blankets, made sure all the doors were locked downstairs, and then headed back to bed. I woke up to find Zoe back in bed beside me, and once again, her usual self. When I asked about the sleepwalking, she said she didn't remember getting out of bed and insisted she must have fallen asleep on the couch after getting up to use the bathroom. We never spoke about it again, but it certainly wasn't the last spooky encounter I had in that house. All these people with these cliffhangers lately. Everyone's writing cliffhangers into their stories. I appreciate it, though. It makes us want more. And every good story makes you want more. That's my opinion. That's, I mean, that's true. So my second story takes place the summer after my freshman year of undergrad and once again stars me and Zoe and our friend Reese dealing with the supernatural underbelly of the Shenandoah Valley. We had all just gotten back from university and decided we needed to spend as much of the summer together exploring our local area as we'd all turn 18 and it felt like the added freedom that came with being an adult. We decided to explore Swananoa Palace on Skyline Drive, an Italian Renaissance revival mansion built in the 1900s that's a popular spot for mischievous teens and wedding slash prom photo shoots. I understand. The house was originally built as a gift from Major Dooley to his wife and included a 4,000-piece Tiffany stained glass portrait of her, which has a very unsettling vibe, in my opinion, at the top of the stairs. That's... I can't even imagine that. That must have cost so much money. You have to be... So rich. So rich. That's some robber baron money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what what are you doing if you're getting stained glass art made of yourself well, at that point you probably just have a monopoly like a legit That's monopoly true. okay i don't think that if you amass that much wealth the uh like logic or morality of your choices is front of mind <laughs> yes yeah. no i mean not my stained glass portrait only has 500 pieces so <sighs> how dare you for Excuse this one me. to be four thousand, really says something <laughs> So after the couple died in the 1920s, the mansion passed through several more owners, including one believed to have been linked to the Illuminati and possibly responsible for its designation as a hotspot of supernatural activity. For decades, the mansion was abandoned and closed off from the public and fell into major disrepair, but it was recently reopened for seasonal ghost tours during October. The most famous ghost on the property is that of Mrs. Dooley, who is said to walk the halls and descended the staircase in her spectral glory to stand before her stained glass portrait. The current caretaker even says that his cats refused to go up to the third floor, as Mrs. Dooley wasn't overly fond of them. Other reports of glowing orbs and ghostly voices have been given, especially in the library, and the spirit of former employees are said to roam the elaborate grounds. It would suck to haunt your place of employment. Yeah, don't you? I wouldn't want to be where I work. No matter what my job is. Zoe Reese and I were all familiar with the local ghost stories, and we knew we wouldn't be able to explore inside. So we decided to head around back to the areas behind the gardens that were less visited due to the severe deterioration and extensive overgrowth. We were heading down a dirt path that skirted the left side of the mansion towards a field with an extremely derelict building sitting on it, almost completely taken over by vegetation, when I started to get an extremely uneasy feeling. I broke out into a cold sweat, the hairs on my neck stood up, and my arms were completely covered in goosebumps. Considering it was around 2 o'clock in the afternoon in May, I knew something wasn't right. I immediately stopped walking and told my friends that I had a really bad feeling about going any further. Knowing my supernatural sensitivity, they turned around without question and we started walking towards the mansion and our car parked out front. For context purposes, we were walking side by side with Zoe and I on either side of Reese, who stands a good foot or so taller than both of us. After only a few steps, I immediately felt the temperature drop and heard a terrifying, gravelly voice in my ear whispering, run. Mm. (laughs) No. Please no. Just as I turned back to see who might have been speaking, I noticed that Zoe, on the other side of Reese, had just whipped her head around too. We stopped walking, met eyes, and she said to me, Did someone just tell you to run? I shakily nodded my head, and we both took off sprinting to the car with Reese quickly following. I felt eyes on the back of my neck the whole drive down the mountain, and my heart didn't slow until Reese dropped me off at my parents' house. I haven't been back to Swananoa since, 
Despite how intrigued I am by the new ghost tours, and will probably never forget the sound of that voice as long as I live. Good God. So these are my spooky tales, and I'd love to leave off a recommendation for all Spirits listeners to get yourself a supernaturally sensitive mom friend to protect you. I hope you guys enjoyed these stories as much as I do Spirits, and I hope you guys are doing well and staying safe, both socially and supernaturally distanced. Aww. That's very cute. Thank you, Supernatural distancing. That's a real intriguing concept yes yes it is thank you madeline what wonderful stories i think i'm unfortunately breaking the combo (gasps) damn because i've got a cat that steals color Ooh, okay maybe at the end of it we'll find a relation oh no it did talk about cats they said the cats don't go up to the third floor because the owner didn't like them there There we go we're in we're in combo Combo. not broken combo of six now here we go (laughs) This comes to us from Clay, and he writes, Hi friends, I was driving through my hometown in the Appalachian Mountains the other day while listening to the show and saw that some of the trees were starting to change colors. Ah, what a, what the best time. I love We're also in a similar area of Shenandoah Valley, Appalachia, so we're, we're, we have multiple combos here. I was reminded of a story my uncle used to tell me. Growing up, helping on a farm, naturally I spent a lot of time outside And once I asked my uncle why some trees turn gray in the winter, he told me about the splinter cat. Splinter cat comes out at night and moves as quick as lightning. He hunts raccoons and finds them by headbutting trees. (laughs) Because he moves so fast, when he hits a tree, all the limbs fall off and the trunk withers into a silvery gray color. He never told me why, but apparently you risk getting cursed if you chop down one of these trees. Splinter Cat has always been my favorite cryptid because the idea of one little gray cat flying headfirst into a tree to get a raccoon inside is incredible. Stay safe and watch out for cats flying through the air. I really like that. And I think we had a similar story in, I think, the Fearsome Critters episode. But this seems like a different twist on it. And it's fantastic. I love it so much. Splinter Cat is a wonderful name. I love it so much. It's a good name. It's a good little legend. It's simple. It's to the point. Cat, Watts, Raccoon, Headbutts, Tree. (laughs) All the branches fall off. Tree changes color. It's simple. I love it. Cat seeking raccoon will headbutt tree. Extremely cute. I have um, a few scary stories from India, uh, one of which involves sleeping on a roof. Ooh, okay. So Ooh. we're circling back to our first uh, okay. our first story okay. here. There we okay. go. That still counts as a combo. Questionable, but we'll say it counts. Counts as a combo if it refers to something else in the episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll identify something else. Uh, there are three short stories here from Geni. I live in Punjab, India. I used to live in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates some years ago. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and listening to you makes my whole day. I always wait anxiously for the next episode. Also, you guys really nailed the Kali and Ganesh episode, so thank you. Yay! My maternal family, as well as my mom, have always been very sensitive to the spirit realm. Most of them, in some form, have felt some or the other in relation to spirits. These are their stories. I hope they'll frighten you just like they frightened me when I was younger. Story 1. My maternal uncle had just moved to Dubai and was living on rent in a house that was just opposite to a graveyard. There you go. There's another combo. There you go. One day, my aunt walked into the room with tea and snacks. My uncle was sitting on the floor with his back to the sofa watching TV. She screamed and dropped the tray of tea, started crying, yelled at my uncle, and told him to move. He just looked at her confused. When he asked, she said that she saw a very pretty woman in a white dress with very long black hair sitting next to my uncle on the floor, staring at him while he watched TV. I don't like that. As soon as my aunt screamed, the woman flew out of the nearby window. Oh, boy. Then, some months after they came back home to India, she saw the woman again in their bedroom in the exact same position, staring at my uncle again. They went to the local priest to get the house blessed and to get my uncle cleansed of any bad energy. Oh, no. I don't... It's one thing if you see it once, but when it's in the same position a second time, oh, hell no. Mm -mm. The repetition. The repetition's bad. Especially moving across like a a, a gulf <laughs> slash a strait, uh, whatever the body of water is, and like to a different country is just uh, so much. Nope, it's real bad. Story two. This is a story of my grandmother's sister. We call her Mama Didi, which is the word in Hindi for big sister, along with my distant cousin Kamu. Our family had gathered together at uncle and his family's house for some days to catch up and have family time. Mama Didi and her two children, along with Kamu and his parents, were all there. So about 12 to 15 people in total. 
They all slept together on the roof, which in India is basically just like an open space, a big room for when you have a lot of people over. They had two above-ground water tanks on the building, opposite of one another on the different ends of the roof. People slept in two lines parallel to each other and left the space between the path of the tanks empty. When everyone eventually went to sleep, Kamu and Mama Didi got really scared. Kamu peeked out of his blanket and saw a man, about eight or nine feet tall, dressed in white. And when he looked up at the man, the man had no head. Oh, good. Good, good. The man ran the path between the two water tanks and would sit on one of them and swing his legs, then get off and run to the other side again. Oh, why? It's too playful and also terrifyingly creepy at the same time it's too much movement to like dismiss like sometimes when it's just a thing standing there you can be like it's just a shadow i don't have to worry about it but if it's moving around and stuff oh no 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 don't worry guys he did it the entire night till sunrise oh my god kamu didn't know it at the time but mama didi was seeing the exact same thing from the opposite (sighs) row no No, 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 no. He had tried to close his eyes, thinking it was just a figment of his imagination. Mm -mm. But when he opened his eyes, he knew it wasn't. In the morning, Kamu got up and ran downstairs. Both he and Mama Didi were really sick and were laid up all day the next day. Later, after a lot of coaxing, they both told Mama Didi's mother what they saw. And so the only theory that Geni has about this is that before this happened, there was a massive earthquake in Gujarat, India in 2001, where Mm. my uncle lived. Thousands of people were killed and many were swallowed whole into the earth. This is the reason we think that they saw that apparition slash ghost. Oh, that's that's spooky. I don't like that. Yeah, that's a that's a real spooky one. And story three, my uncle aunt and their five year old daughter were on a scooter. My uncle was driving home. Big, big star swipe. Big change. (laughs) Extreme toad shift. (laughs) Cute family with a kid on a scooter. Great. My uncle was driving home at night after visiting a temple that was an hour and a half away. Side note, they were carrying some blessed food, prasad, in the trunk of the scooter. The prasad given after prayers to the devotees are usually something sweet, and spirits are very attracted to sweet food. Mm. My aunt noticed that they got on a bridge, after which my aunt and her daughter fell asleep. So, like, the aunt was like, oh, like, we're on a bridge, and she and her daughter fell asleep. Cool. When my aunt got up, she noticed that they kept crossing what looked like the same trees and shrubs over and over again for, like, 15 minutes. It was like they were in a loop. She whispered to my uncle, we're stuck. And he immediately caught on. My aunt started praying over and over again. She was doing the Hanuman Kalisa in Hindu religion, a hymn in honor of Lord Hanuman. He's the divine monkey god and considered to be an exemplification of strength, devotion, and perseverance. After repeating this hymn for at least 12 to 15 times, they saw the end of the bridge finally. But there was a problem. As they got closer, they saw that the end of the bridge was actually broken in the middle. And in the middle, it was a long, long way down. Uh-oh. My aunt told my uncle not to stop and keep driving. What? Because what they were seeing was just an illusion. What? Bold, bold A bold claim. choice. Oh, boy. My uncle increased the scooter's speed. They fell in the hole oh. and everyone <gasps> fell off the scooter. What? <laughs> but it wasn't that deep. And when they got up, they climbed onto the scooter and sped off. So it was seemed like it was more of like a pothole or like just a break in the road and okay. not the chasm that they had witnessed. Oh, wow. Okay. So after a few minutes, they saw a gas station in a small motel. My aunt was weary and thought, what if it's just an illusion like before? And guys, this reminds me of one of the first stories we ever shared in a bonus Urban Legends episode about the um, uncles in Mexico who yes. stayed at like a ghost motel. Oh, my yeah, God. this is exactly what I was thinking it's of. It's so good, y'all. And if you are not a $4 patron, consider it because that one episode alone is so good. Mm-hmm. But they were really tired and scared. And so they went inside the motel. They saw that the reception had a couple of god and goddess photos on the walls. They offered Prasad to the receptionist to see if he would accept it. He did, and they stayed the night there, knowing that that was a good omen. In okay. the morning, they went home. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a good sign. If there weren't yeah. any, that would be more concerning. Or if the receptionist was like, oh, no, I can't take your blessed food, then they'd be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so that was from Genny. Thank you so much. I loved that. And if you have any more to share, we would love to hear it. Yes, please. Guys, I'm feeling pretty parched, and I think I need a sweet treat of my own. Uh, You want to go to the get a refill? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. 
We are sponsored this week by BetterHelp. And if there is something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals or, like me, keeping you distracted with worries about the future or about things that have already happened instead of focusing on what it is that you can do in this moment to fix your problems or to, you know, advance what you want to do in life, BetterHelp is there. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours, which is amazing. It is neither a crisis line nor self-help, but instead just professional counseling done securely online. And it's where I do my therapy every week. There is a huge range of expertise available. So if you're looking for CBT, if you're looking for particular like identity informed practices or for trauma, um, all kinds of things that you might be looking for support on, BetterHelp can match you with somebody who has that expertise. And unlike, you know, the people who happen to take your insurance and be in your area and be taking new patients, like that's such a smaller slice of people whose training and expertise can really help you. But with BetterHelp, no matter where you are in the world and no matter what time of day you want to communicate, whether that's sending a message or an email sort of later in the day or at whatever time you need or scheduling a recurring appointment. Uh, I do mine like late at night on a weekend, which is definitely not always available for traditional counseling. Better help as options for you. So you should go to their website and start living a happier life today at betterhelp.com spirits. You can join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That is betterhelp.com spirits to get 10% off your first month of counseling. Yes, yeah, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And again, you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com spirits. I was recently talking to my mom, Amanda, and she was asking me if I had any recommendations for taking CBD, which I was like, yes, excellent, mom, join the club. Yeah. But she expressed some concern. She's like, well, you know, I was reading this thing, how you just, you never know what's actually in the CBD oil. I'm like, mom, wait a sec, what you need to do you need to get sun soil because sun soil makes a CBD oil that is USDA organic certified. Their CBD comes from hemp plants and it's all about like how they grow the hemp that really matters. They farm their hemp in Vermont. They never use pesticides, herbicides or GMOs. And I try to be really mindful about what I put in my body. And I want my mom to be mindful about what she puts in her body. And that's why I really love and recommend Sunsoil. It's simple ingredients I can pronounce. Many of their products are just coconut oil and hemp. That's it. And I really love that Sunsoil is super transparent about what they put into their stuff. So they clearly label the amount of CBD that's in each serving. They also test every batch of product at three independent labs and publish the results on their website. Sunsoil is going above and beyond to make sure you know what you're putting in your body and making sure that works for you. So Sunsoil, again, makes CBD oil with simple organic ingredients. You can get 30% off your first order by going to sunsoil.com spirits. Again, that's S-U-N-S-O-I-L dot com spirits for 30% off your first order. Sunsoil.com spirits. Mom, go order it right now. Thanks, Diane, for a second time this episode. <laughs> And finally, we are brought to you by Fubo.tv. If you are sick of cable or somebody like me who cannot imagine adding another like multi-hundred dollar bill per month to your budget, that is why Fubo TV exists. It is a way to get live sports, news, and primetime TV without the complicated contract. Fubo TV is just $65 a month, and you can watch the same channels that would cost you like 200 plus on cable. You don't pay for DVR. There's no installation or like contracts that kind of penalize you for leaving. It, it truly is simple. Or waiting for a guy to come and fix your cable after the internet goes out for some reason, and it takes two weeks to schedule that guy? Why? There's no reason for that. It also lets you stream shows not just on your TV, but on any other smart device. So if you are, you know, out or on the roof or doing whatever you want to do and you want to watch your program or you want to tune in to like the Emmys, which nobody told you was happening, and then suddenly it's Sunday night and the Emmys are on, uh, you have an option. And the best part about this is there's no risk to try it out. You get full access to Fubo TV for seven days for free. And you get 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com slash spirits. There's no contracts and you can cancel at any time. Go to FuboTV.com slash spirits because they are offering our listeners a seven-day free trial plus 15% off your first month. That's FuboTV.com slash spirits. And now let's get back to the show. All right. What's everyone drinking this time? I, a couple weeks back uh, during the Blaze Ball 
Blazeball. Blazeball. Now there's there's a bit of dissent in the in the spirits. <laughs> dissent uh, in the ranks. Group f- f- from me, I think it is pronounced Blazeball. Our re- our recent sponsor. Whereas Amanda and Julia, while editing a recent episode, I learned that they have been pronouncing it Blazeball. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me to say anything else, mostly because I love Richard Blaze and mm. I just want it to be the same. And meanwhile, my favorite now incinerated player is Randy Marijuana. So 420 Blaze it. Nice. But anyways, a few weeks ago, my beloved Chicago firefighters <laughs> were facing off against Michael Schubert's uh, Breckenridge Jazz Hands. And uh, before... The internet series finals i went to went to my local liquor store to just get some stuff for me and kelsey and what did i find but some breckenridge whiskey oh. so i i bought that just in case uh my team was defeated which luckily they were not but i bought it to celebrate mike's beloved jazz hands just in case congratulations uh, they won uh and 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 it's i've been i've been sipping on it ever since uh, just to have because it's a it's a perfectly great whiskey. So, uh, unfortunately, his team didn't win, but I won with some great whiskey. Whiskey and sports, love it. I picked up from Montauk Brewing their pumpkin ale because now it's in season. It's only September and October, and I really do like their pumpkin ale. It's one of the few ones that I don't think is like overly pumpkiny, which is a problem for me for a lot of pumpkin ales it's a problem for most pumpkin yes. ales these <laughs> days like, honestly it's like i don't want to taste like fake canned pumpkin no thank yeah. you i want to taste like octobery spices with a hint of cinnamon and a hint of nutmeg and some star anise in there and i really do like the uh, pumpkin ale from montauk so if your local beer distributor sells it definitely pick up a case uh, I picked up some um, like local farmer's market apple cider, not hard cider, just regular at Ooh. the farmer's market this past weekend um, where it was, this was on September uh, 13th, I guess. And it was the best week of the year, heirloom tomato season at the end of it, <laughs> plus the beginning of apple season. Oh, uh, so yeah. uh, Eric, Silver, and I were just so excited. We got tomatoes and apples. We got to have the end of summer fruit and also the beginning of fall drink. And so what I'm drinking today is a um, bit of that cider that I got along with some whiskey. And it is my absolute favorite fall drink. You can obviously do like hot mulled cider and add whiskey in, mm. but cold, it's also really good. And this is a like heirloom you know, blend of apples. And it's just, it's amazing. So pick up some cider while you can. Well, that sounds delightful. I I really just, I love fall. I love fall so much. I love fall too. So nice. Speaking of loving fall, I do have a fall related story. And this is from Tyler and his subject line was aliens with a question mark in parentheses. And we haven't had an alien story really. The secret theme of spirits. Aliens? (laughs) We haven't had an alien story really yet, and I'm really, really excited to read this. Okay. That, but but we have almost had an alien story. Almost. One one time. <laughs> thus thus the secret the secret slogan of spirit. Yes, there we go. So Tyler writes, I love telling the story, so hopefully I can tell it pretty vividly. For undergrad, which I just finished, again, congratulations, I attended a small liberal arts school in Niagara Falls, New York. Most of the warm end of the year from April-ish to early October, the skies of Niagara are pretty busy between people flying drones, taking helicopters across the falls, and planes from the nearby Air Force Base. You get to see a lot of different aircraft. Most importantly, you get used to the lights and the sounds these objects have. However, outside of commercial airliners and military craft, by the time mid-October hits, the skies empty out. Normally, I wasn't that curious about the skies, but earlier in the week, my best friend and I were driving back to campus from our other friend's house when a very rare military plane flew very low over his car. You rarely see it outside of combat as it is mainly used for surveillance. So later that week, when we were heading back to our friend's house, we were watching. From the residence we lived in to our parking lot, there was about a mile walk in the late November freeze. It was maybe 9 p.m., so everything was pitch black minus a few street lamps. I was looking up when, in the distance, I saw a large rectangular object just barely above the tree line. I immediately started telling my friend to look, and we were both instantly freaking out. We watched it for a few moments as it just hovered silently with alternating green and red lights, but then it began to change. 
smaller pulsating lights began to spill out of the object like little moving stars. Flashing blue and red, there were maybe 10 or 11 of them slowly moving in elliptical formation around the larger rectangular object. That's that's active. That's not, I saw a flash. That That is like lights doing things. That is noticeable watching thing for a long time. At this point, I was like, No one is going to believe this. I'm going to film it. I told my friend that this is what I should do, and he concurred. I... When I pulled my phone out, as if it was listening, the object suddenly stopped hovering and began to fly toward my friend and I. To me, this was clear communication that said, put that phone away. So I did. I'm sorry to say that there is no accompanying view because of this. The object continued towards us and eventually passed over us, the smaller pulsating objects following in their elliptical pattern. Looking up, the object was almost entirely obscured by its bright lights, but it was low enough to the tree line that I could discern that it was rectangular, and I would hazard a guess of it being slightly bigger than a school bus. Impossibly, it looked as if it was one continuous piece of metal, as if it had been folded origami style into shape. Mm. And again, even as it moved, it was soundless. Once it was out of view, my friend and I booked it to the car, and I'm pretty sure he sped the entire way to our other friend's house, and we both tried to convince him and his girlfriend that we were not joking, but they didn't believe us. I never saw the object or any other object like it again. But in all these weeks later, I'm still watching the skies. Dang, what a good what a good one. Thank you, Tyler. So, Julia, I also have an urban legend here about watching the skies. All right, do it up. This is from Pernil, uh, a.k.a. Penny. How four protective spirits caused a volcanic eruption and saved a small island nation. Hmm, okay, okay. I'll see where it goes. When I moved to Iceland from Denmark a few years ago, one of the things that impressed me most was how good most people here are at storytelling. So I hope I can do them justice here with one of my favorite Icelandic legends. First, a little background is needed. According to the Heimskringla, back in the 10th century, the king of Denmark, Harald Bluetooth, yes, the technology is named after him. What? What? Yeah, it's 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 based it's based well, on a I rune. I didn't know that. The, the Bluetooth symbol is based on a like Scandinavian rune. That's why it looks like. I didn't a rune. know it either. That is so cool. Yeah. That makes me a lot more into Bluetooth technology and more forgiving when it doesn't work. More importantly, is Blu-ray also based off of a rune? Because <laughs> maybe we'll like it more. No, I think I think no. That is because I think the laser Ooh. is blue that that shines off the on blue. Rays. Blue the Blu-ray. How, how's your Blu-ray collection doing, Eric? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so King Harold Bluetooth wanted to invade Iceland. Not wanting to do so unprepared, he enlisted the help of a wizard. King Wi-Fi was on the other side of the sea. <laughs> okay, so this wizard sent his spirit to Iceland in the body of a whale to help find the country's most vulnerable points. First, he swam into Vapnafjörder on the northeast corner of the island, but he was met by a large dragon flying down from the mountains, spewing poison at him. So he retreated and swam around the north coast where he attempted to come ashore in Eyjafjörder. Here, however, he was met by an enormous bird with a wingspan so large the tips of its wings touched the mountains on either side of the fjord. Again, the wizard retreated, swimming around the west of the country, where he attempted to come ashore in Bredefurder. Here he was met by a great bull, bellowing loudly, and he retreated again. He swam further south and attempted to come ashore again, but he was met by a giant so large his head towered well above the mountaintops, holding an iron staff. Mm. So the wizard returned to the king of Denmark, Bluetooth, (laughs) I can't get over this, and told him that Iceland was well protected and any attempt at invasion would be foolish and doomed to fail. These four spirits are called the Landvetter, or Land Whites. Drekki, the dragon in the east, Gammer, the eagle or griffin in the north, Greedinger, the bull in the west, and Bergrisi, the giant in the south, and are now considered the protective spirits of Iceland. They feature on the country's coat of arms, and it's believed that if the country is ever under threat, they will awaken and defend it. I really appreciate one. Uh, this wizard really living up to the, you know, classic D&D version of the wizard, which is like, I am too squishy to get into real fights with these things. <laughs> and also, he does a lot of swimming. He must be surprisingly buff. I love the idea of the whale as a reconnaissance engine. And it's also like, this is what consulting is like, where people pay you to tell them sometimes that their idea is, uh, is not a great one. Um, and I respect that the wizard was able to give a no. So fast forward, give or take 1100 years to 2010. 
the Icelandic economy is in freefall. The financial crisis and resulting recession hit the small country hard. Unemployment's rising and people are losing their homes. The government is widely and rightfully believed to have made things a lot worse than they should have been. And as a result, angry protesters pelt the parliament building with skier and tomatoes in what can only be described as the most Icelandic demonstration of discontent imaginable. Delicious. Very good. Very good. Then on the 20th of March. Okay. And uh, everybody, I practiced really hard for these names. Um, and then this one is the name of the volcano that erupted in Iceland in 2010, uh, which famously oh boy, um, here it, like, we spawned go. news articles. Like no one can pronounce this name. Like, no, guys, it's just a different language. And Penny suggests that I pronounce it this way. Hey, I think you forgot your yogurt. If you just say, hey, I think you forgot your yogurt really fast. That is pretty close to the name of the volcano. <laughs> awesome. I All right, it. we'll take it. So, hey, I think you forgot your yogurt. Judges, erupted. We're, we're getting three eights from the judges. <laughs> Thank you. Good enough. So, hey, I think you forgot your yogurt. Erupted. The relatively small volcanic eruption sent an enormous cloud of ash out across the Atlantic, grounding airplanes in Europe and parts of the U.S. for weeks on end. And suddenly, everyone is talking about Iceland. When flights resume, Iceland sees an exponential rise in tourism. Hotels are built, tour companies open up, restaurants and souvenir shops open up across the country, and the economy started booming again. I will say my mother was one of those people that went to Iceland <laughs> right after yeah. that. And a lot of um, airlines were like, hey, stop over in Iceland for 24 hours for free and like hang out. So yeah. It's a good deal. She said she had a great time. Some people believe that the four protective spirits used their magic to cause the eruption. No one was hurt during the eruption. And since the ash cloud blew out across the ocean, it also caused very little disruption to life in Iceland in general. So if you're prone to believe in fairies and whites, this is surely as good an explanation as any. Yeah, that's pretty legit. And if nothing else, it makes for a good story. And in Iceland, you never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Penny. I do love that. Penny also has a PS um, with a little bit of follow-up to our uh, Yule Lads. Do you want to mm -hmm. hear it? Yes, please. My favorite part of the Yule Lad story is the Yule Cat. This is, to me, so creepy and cool. The Yule Cat is as big as a house, and it's always hungry. So at Christmas, it roams the land looking for people to eat. The only way to be protected against the Yule Cat is to receive new clothes for Christmas. Don't ask me why. I've got no answer. I guess it's a handy way of making sure kids aren't too disappointed to receive soft packages under the tree. I remember hearing this and I, I love the that hungry, hungry Christmas cap. It's it's very good. Whether or not this is new info, I, I just think it's uh, so charming. And uh, thank you, Penny, for writing in. It's very good. Yule, Yule lad season is coming it's up. true. Yeah, it is almost Yule lad season. Get ready. That's absolutely true. Get uh, Get your holiday gifts in order at the Spirits merch store spiritspodcast.com slash merch we do have soft packages that you can send i've got the seven steps to kevin bacon or the devil <gasps> to end us with i want to explain you know what i will explain by reading the story <laughs> this comes to us from rachel and she writes i've been a big fan of spirits ever since my college roommate forced me to binge episodes on road trips of which we had many. That's the only binging in college yes, we absolutely recommend. absolutely do. You can also call it uh, marathoning. And marathoning. we think it's fantastic. So thank yeah. you, Rumi. I was definitely the mythology kid from elementary to high school. So spirits filled the void in my soul I forgot existed. I wanted to share a story with you that many people are already familiar with, but my family has a unique connection to. I learned most of the story from my Aunt B, since my Catholic parents are too superstitious to say much about it. May I just say one of the best like becoming an adult in your family as opposed to a kid uh, side effects is other adults being like, well, you don't know the real story behind like A, B and C. Often Link. tragic, uh, sometimes fun. Yep, that's true. In 1949, my great aunt Dolores was working as a nurse at Alexian Brothers Hospital in South St. Louis City. The popular version of the story involves a 12-year-old girl, but the real story involves a 14-year-old boy from Maryland. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> his, his family traveled from Maryland to St. Louis because his mom was originally born here, and they believed at the time that the spirit possessing him was that of her recently deceased sister, the boy's aunt. My great aunt was one of his nurses in the hospital, though she only interacted with him during the day when he behaved exactly like a boy oh, no. his age. Great Aunt Dolores told Aunt B that if she hadn't worked night shifts a few times while she was there, she wouldn't have believed he was possessed. The nights she did work, she never went into his room because the noises coming from it were violent and incredibly terrifying, ranging from cussing and screeching to singing. 
she identified one song in her diaries as Old Man River by Paul Robeson. I, I'm very concerned that this person is going to be like, yeah, so uh, my great aunt says that Kevin Bacon was possessed. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm very, th- okay, <laughs> let's do it. I don't think. I mean, I don't know how old Kevin Bacon is, but I don't <laughs> think he was a young boy in 1949. That's fair. Okay. Like, I don't think Kevin Bacon was born before Kevin World Bacon's War II. Kevin Bacon's dad. I don't know. It's also possible we'd be sued for like defamation if this was the real Kevin Bacon. Listen, yeah. it's we're just repeating a story that we heard. It's not us. If this turns out to be about a boy named Kevin Bacon, no relation to... No relation. No relation to Kevin Bacon, the actor. She said the priests and doctors who went into that room rarely left without physical injuries. Uh The boy was moved around as the priests and doctors tried different approaches, but he was eventually released after the exorcism was supposedly successful on April 18th, 1949. Mm. Too specific of a date. Too specific. That was the Monday after Easter. Did you know that or is that in the email? They call that Exorcism Monday. Good Friday, (laughs) Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Bad Saturday, Easter Sunday, Sunday. Exorcism Monday. Oh, our listeners are going to have to start celebrating Exorcism Monday. No. My great, I did not, they wrote that. I also did not know off the top of my head that that was the Monday after Easter in 1949. It's a moving target on that one. It's also the day that you can liberate a uh, half-price chocolate from the like grocery store. So you really it, it is an exorcism of candy from stores. Mm. <laughs> the best the best type of exorcism. My great aunt continued working for the hospital after these events, but the fourth floor of the hospital where the boys' room was and the floors above it were closed off shortly after. Mm-mm. Our story continues when my aunt B was admitted to Alexian Brothers Hospital in 1970 with a minor illness, something just bad enough where they kept her overnight for observation. She was only nine at the time, but she explicitly remembers hearing a lot of noise on the floor above. She was said it sounded like someone was remodeling, lots of stomping, scraping furniture, slamming doors, and the muffled noise of a radio playing music. We're having a lot of haunted children this episode, huh? That's that's not good. When great, I mean, that's most episodes. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> when great aunt Dolores came to check on Aunt B in the morning, Aunt B told her about the noise and was told that there was no one above her Mm-mm. because they were on the third floor. Aunt B was not the only person who heard the noises at night, but she didn't learn that until she was older. Oh, no. Alexandrian Brothers Hospital was torn down in 1978, but the story still thrives today the nearby campus of St. Louis University, where the boys spent time converting to Catholicism. Okay. Which is just like an interesting sentence. He spent time converting to Catholicism. Well, it's not just something you get to do. You have to Did it like take? It. He's like, he spent some time dabbling and converting to Catholicism. You take classes and stuff. Yeah. You can't just do no, it. No, I know. I know. But it, like, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's the fact that like, it's not like, it doesn't say that he definitely converted to Catholicism, yeah. that he just spent some time doing it. It's used to scare the new students mostly and has been stretched far past the truth. The movie version Uh-oh. changed the events dramatically too, because if you haven't guessed at this point, this was the true story of 1973's movie, The Exorcism was based oh, on. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. I strongly dislike the horror genre, so to find out how close my family was to these events was a shock. Great Aunt Dolores passed away when I was five, but Aunt B held on to her diaries, and while my devoutly Catholic parents hate the story, Aunt B has no qualms talking to anyone who asks. Hope you all found this interesting and terrifying as I did. This confused me greatly, mostly because I was expecting Kevin Bacon to somehow be tied to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's very cool. It does say, or the devil. So it was either going to be Kevin Bacon or, or the, the devil, devil or in this both. story. I was hoping for both. Or both, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you can, you can, via the exorcism, get only probably a handful of degrees to Kevin Bacon from that point. So, I mean, this person probably does have the six degrees... From yeah. Kevin Bacon yeah. via, via a ghost, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Well, it's a bummer. And, and I hope that kid ended up getting uh, the treatment he needed. And, you know, we've Seems. improved somewhat, but not a ton since then. Seems uh, like but it. I, I think that the, you know, noise is coming from an empty floor is pretty damning. Spooky. Yeah. Also, they close off the floors. <gasps> yeah. Why? And then they tore down the hospital. <gasps> 
Surely not heating costs or whatever. <laughs> Surely not. It's probably not the asbestos in the walls that are too expensive to to refurbish than to just too destroy easy. the whole building. Too easy. Couldn't be that. Uh, well, guys, I'm proud of our combo streak this episode. Perfect. Me too. Got to be at least 13 this time. Mm-hmm. Spooky number 13. So we want to know a lot more about Zoe's parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iceland, you rock. India also rocks. Exorcisms. India also rocks. Uh, and I think that's all. Remember, everybody, stay creepy. Stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors. At betterhelp.com spirits, you can get 10% off your first month of counseling. At sunsoil.com spirits, you can get 30% off your first order. And at fubotv.com spirits, you can get a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.